Super Talk Mississippi media production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's blended tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about, you can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersandBakers.com And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the people who are making coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Hey, I haven't quoted my friend Stacy Waldrop in a while, one of the most positive people I know. She posted this the other day, and I thought it was terrific. It said this, be friendly. You don't have to be a raging extrovert, extrovert to be friendly to those around you. Just a smile and some small talk can make a big difference. Be pleasant to people, showing an interest in them. Paying them a little attention could dramatically improve their day. I thought that's terrific. And that came from Everyday Kindness. Uh, I'm assuming it's a website with with a lot of positive stuff. But there's a lot to be said for just being kind to people. That's a lesson we can learn in the social media age that we're in today. Uh, Hey, Kyle, why don't you come in for a second and let's chat for just a quick second. Uh, Two things. First, COVID. Singer River Health Systems uh, reported their latest numbers. 128 people are currently hospitalized. 28, 28 are in ICU. And buddy, this is this is incredible. 21 of the 28 are on ventilators. And as you well know from what Dr. Conger and Lee and others have told us in the past, that once you get on a ventilator, it's really, really hard to get off. 119 of those people are unvaccinated, and only nine of them were vaccinated. Um, anyway, we hear that a lot, don't we? Yeah, and it's unfortunate uh, that uh, simple things that can really keep people from contacting and contracting this, you know, COVID. And uh, it just seems like a lot of people's letting their guards down, whether they want to get vaccinated or not. It's just the other things that could be done to keep from getting it. You know, I'm not going to jump on either side of vaccination or not vaccination that's their choice but at least be smart about it if you're going to not do it yeah i hear you here's the thing i post a lot on my personal facebook page about it because i've got you know nearly four thousand friends and i know that if you just think about the statistics like 30 percent of people are undecided all i'm trying to do i we know and we talk about this all the time that you can't shame someone you can't strong arm them you can just make sure they have the best information i think too many people have acted on misinformation and all i'm trying to do is make sure they have the right information we talk about that all the time any any final thought on COVID before we move on no i I just you know it's one of these things that you unfortunately we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis and we see the numbers pile up at the hospitals and i have a lot of friends of mine that i've went to school with or i've known throughout the years that work in the medical field at either memorial or at singing river and it you know they're not trying to make it out to be more than it is. They are really struggling to keep people in bed or to keep beds open um, for other things. And the yeah. coach is just taking everything over again. I have a dear friend who died in the last couple of days. Um, it's ravaging, you know, people we know now. And, and I think sometimes when people 
know someone who's had difficulties, that's when they rethink their position on the vaccine. But anyway, God bless everyone. Hope they'll have the best information in front of them when they make their decision about whether to do it or not. Hey, the, the, the tropics are heating up. We've got a system out there now. It's, uh, you know, it's a little too early to tell where it's going to go when it gets to the northern Gulf. Certainly right now, it looks like it's going to scoop down the outside of Florida, hitting the Big Bend area somewhere. But Kyle, as you always say, now's the time to prepare, isn't it? Yes, it is. It, it's, you know, we are, if it even comes this way, we're looking first of next week. So you have the rest of this week and especially the weekend. Once you get close to the weekend, panic buying is going to start depending on which way that track's going. You know, like you said, it looks like it's, you know, if it stays in the center of the track now, it's going to run across the Keys and up into the Gulf and onto the, looks like the West Coast of Florida. But, you know, after that, there's still a lot of time and a lot of distance for it to make up to know where it's going. Yeah. Uh, I, I This one actually kind of snuck up on me. I saw that we had a high-pressure system over us and it was keeping us nice and warm and you know, we were on the outskirts and then all of a sudden, nope, it cooled off just a little bit. And here we go. I know. So it's, <laughs> it's a crazy, crazy world. Hey, let me, I have a terrific guest uh, we're going to be talking to, but I have some thoughts I want to share about the division in our state as it relates to the pandemic these days. I think the pandemic reveals maybe some division that was already there. But when you think about COVID and the politics and, and the role social media is playing to spread a lot of misinformation, we're sort of living in this kind of perfect storm right now as hospitals across the state continue to swell, as Kyle pointed out, with, uh, with COVID patients. You know, our political, a polarized political environment too often positions us to hear this uh, with, with different points of view. When, when they hear anything about COVID or read anything about COVID, they, they, they too often don't listen or read with an open mind. And I don't say that lightly. I believe that there are many Mississippians who love this amazing state and stand somewhere in the middle of the political spectrum. They're, they're both, they're both uh, Democrats and Republicans, and there's, they're more moderate, I would say. And, uh, and they're open-minded and they're reasonable. That, that is for sure. But they've also grown weary of too many of our state leaders uh, during the pandemic uh, and as, as you know, as friends of ours have died, um, this is a this is a really uh, di difficult time we find ourselves in. Uh, as I mentioned to Kyle, I had someone die uh, that I deeply care about just in the last couple of days. Um, but too often, even when lives are at stake, our leaders make political calculations. Uh, this pandemic moment in our history, like many other moments in our recent political history, have too often brought out the worst of our polarized political world. How did we get here? It surely, surely didn't arrive here overnight, I can tell you that. It's all so darn complicated. But I covet leaders who can inspire who have the ability to transcend the political situation and restore calm and decorum, stopping the political belching that has consistently, in my view, disgustingly, been so much, too much, a part of our national political norm on both sides. Uh, those misguided efforts have divided our country at a time when we really need our country not to be divided. What we know is the meanness we observed uh, didn't just start with some mean tweets but the tweets we see have forcefully brought to the surface all of the insulting grandeur of the current political situation. We, what we see is a system that lacks respect for others, and defamation is the norm. 
you know, now seemingly acceptable approach by too many of our friends on Facebook and too many of our leaders. Uh, way too often, uh, much of, of this was already there in the political situation before the tweets. It was being it was being executed by you know political operatives using defaming and in inaccurate opposition research and tactics designed to hurt people and destroy political appointments. It makes me sad to contemplate the extreme meanness that has become the norm in our country, both from our leaders and from those too many on social media. We see it every day. It's all, it's all coming to the surface during the pandemic, though. So many of our friends have joined into the you know, sort of the degrading and challenging moment unwittingly. There's so much there. Uh, that could have that could be solved with just some humility and empathy and by caring more deeply about our fellow man. But from a leadership perspective, that would require smart, humble, wise, empathetic leaders who aren't so focused on re-election that they uh, that they fail to lead and solve problems. I don't have the answers. But I know for a fact too often during the pandemic, those kind of leaders are few and far between. And I also know that too often, uh, un until someone does, I mean, until someone does, we're going to be in a pickle in this state as it relates to the pandemic. And humble pie will continue to be a rare commodity. I just wanted to share those thoughts. Now let's switch gears. I talk a lot on Coastview about legacy, about about uh, you know the the kind of legacy that uh, that exists when you have. Uh, you know, entrepreneurship in the family and what happens. I'm going to have the rest of the show to visit with Brittany Willem and talk about, you know, kind of her life story and the kind of work that she's being involved in these days. Before we go any further, let me just w uh, welcome Brittany to Cozy. How are you doing, Brittany? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So where are you sitting right now? I'm currently in our office. Uh, we're located on Passerin and Biloxi um, in what was originally the Mississippi Music Building. Well, look, okay, I'm talking about, you know, I've seen, had so many terrific conversations recently with the Bertusi family. You know, the Sawyer family continues to come up, the Anderson family, the Sweatman family, so many families. You might as well just add the Willem family to that list of, of coast entrepreneurs that are passing sort of, as your, as your dad said to me, sort of this bug of entrepreneurship to the next generation. But, uh, but it is in, in a way, Brittany, it's kind of in your DNA, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. I mean, when you grow up with Frank Willem and, you know, all the stories that he has to tell, you, you can't get away from it, which is, it's great. Honestly, I love every minute of it. Well, he's, he's done some amazing things. Uh, we'll come back at the, after the break and we'll talk about, he was one of the co-founders of Triton Systems in Long Beach. It's a, an ATM manufacturing company, and uh, you know he had the opportunity to sell that company, and then went on. You know, a lot of guys would have rode off into the sunset, but not him. He's he's just got this constant entrepreneur in his blood, and as you grew up, man, he infected you with that. It's in your DNA as well. And we'll talk about what that has led to in your life. It's an exciting story. I look forward to sharing it with you. We'll be back with Brittany Willem after this break.
Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Well, look, we talk on Coast View all the time about generational success. You know, the, the truth is for Coastal Mississippi to be successful, it has to have a, a long list of entrepreneurs who are willing to invest, build companies, pass, you know, build companies, as I've said so often, that stand the test of time, and they pass those companies to the next generation, and the next generation is able to be innovative and whatever. And this particular case, as it relates to Brittany uh, Willem and Frank Willem, uh, it wasn't necessarily the, the case of passing a specific business, but it was about passing sort of this this entrepreneurial bug, this DNA, this, this part of her uh, owned to her, her in, in the case of Brittany. Uh, so let's let's come back to Triton Systems for a second. Tell you know tell the story of Triton, if you will, uh, Brittany. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, I can't tell it as well as my dad can. Um, but you know, growing up, um, dad, you know, he, golly, he has a long history. Um, so essentially. You know, going to Miami and for grad school and then moving back here and he started working at Stennis and uh, where he met Robert and Ernest, they decided to uh, take a leap of faith. And so uh, they launched off into trying to build a company. They did some government contracting for a while. Um, and then the idea for the ATM kind of surfaced with the ATM Junior and um, the demonstrator model, and pretty soon they were full tilt into building ATMs. And you know, I remember for a while there, they were traveling all the time. They were going all over the place. And uh, at one point, you know, my mom called my dad and was like, "You know, Brittany's convinced that you live at the airport. We were passing by it the other day, and um, she said, "Oh, you know, look over there. That's where my daddy lives." <laughs> uh, and so he was, you know, going all over the place, you know, trying to get Triton really, you know, going. And he did. I mean, they grew to be astronomically large and, you know, a huge influence um, on the coast down here as well. Yeah, it's an amazing story. And I, I had the opportunity in the early days of Coastview to tell his entire story. And it really is one of, you know, dogged determination, innovation and entrepreneurship and all of that. Okay, so he retires, he buys a big boat, you know, he loves to hunt and fish and do all this, but, you know, as a very young girl, you had the opportunity to really travel all over the place on that boat, you know, fishing competitively, you know, breaking world records. That was a pretty incredible moment in your life in terms of, like, making an impression on you, wasn't it? Oh, it was, and, you know, he would uh, laugh right now if I didn't after a fish hire, he decided to become unemployed and chase uh, those dreams of fishing. And, um, you know, we spent a lot of time in the Bahamas and snorkeling and diving and um, going after lobster. And as you mentioned, you know, doing a lot of fishing, a lot of fishing in tournaments. Um, we fished one of the tournaments in the Turks and Caicos, and that's actually where I qualified to fish the first ever um, Junior Angler World Championship. Um, and in that is actually where I broke my very first world record with a kingfish. 
Wow, that's so interesting. Look, by the way, Turks and Caicos, I mention it pretty regularly on the show. That's kind of my family's home away from home. If we had to, if we were going to have a second home, it would it would be in the Turks and Caicos Island. What an amazing place. And what a great place to dive, incidentally. Oh, my goodness. I've, oh, it's beautiful. We've had some of the best dives in the world. In fact, we got certified diving there. So uh, what, a, what a great place to get certified for sure. Um, but it made a big impression on you. And then eventually your dad, um, I remember in the early days of the Sun-Herald, he was doing some production work. He's, he made an investment in another outdoor TV company. And we we communicated a lot during those days. In fact, uh, you know they were they were co- contributing some stories to the outdoors uh, publication the Sun Herald had, but that continued to evolve and eventually evolved into a sort of own business. And you were sort of involved from the very beginning. Tell me about that. Yeah. So you know, originally going to college in Florida, um, I was originally I was going for engineering just like my dad did. Um, I was accepted as a chemical engineer on the pre-med track, Um, so I thought I was going really differently and then decided, you know, it wasn't for me, and I knew that, you know, I really wanted to be in the business world, and so, you know, one day he had a conversation with me. He was like, you know, you need to chase your dreams no matter what those are. Um, You know, we have an opportunity, if you want to, to come back and, you know, build this with me, and so no second thoughts. This is obviously where I ended up. I took that opportunity and I ran with it. Um, And at that time, you know, the model was essentially you had a TV show and you sold commercials. And uh, so that's the model that we chased for a while until we figured out the model was changing. And so from that, um, we leveraged our high quality video skills and built it into a multimedia marketing company and took the TV show and grew it even more. And so now it airs nationally um, into millions of homes every single week, multiple times a week. Well, it's Find Your Outdoors. And yep. uh, it's, a, it's an exciting story. I should mention, though, you, you, mentioned, you said you went to school at, uh, in Florida. You went to the University of, of, of Florida, got a degree in advertising. You're a St. Patrick graduate, which is where my kids went to school. Um, Find your outdoor. It is interesting because it's, as as the sort of the way it worked, the way you 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 found business success with a sort of a syndicated outdoor show, the digital age changed that dramatically. YouTube changed that dramatically. I saw I was you know I was in the di- in the in the media digital media business, helping transform newspapers and eventually in sort of pure play, digital plays, but uh, but that world really changed fast and rapidly, didn't it? Yes. Every single day it was changing. And, you know, folks don't really believe because, I mean, you know, a lot of us grew up around social media. Um, and so, you know, they didn't believe how fast it was changing. But, I mean, every day as, you know, as Google learned more, as Facebook learned more about their ad platform, I mean, it was, yeah, it's a full-time job. And then some just trying to keep up with all the changes and algorithms and, you know, everything that's going on. Well, just just like in newspapers, what happened is that people were beginning to expect news for free. And uh, with YouTube and the advent of YouTube, the way that an outdoor show would, would uh, typically work is you'd buy airtime and then you'd sell advertising into that airtime. But what happened with YouTube, especially you know, the younger the demographics, the more this is, this is likely, uh, there was just a bigger expectation that, that those shows would be free and that if there's any uh, advertising involved, it would be embedded in the show in some sort 
or it would be it would come in the form of a sort of a YouTube ad that you could skip. That I mean, it's almost like that happened overnight, isn't it, Brittany? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, the way that the model started was, you know, you would make a post and everybody would see it, and you know, everyone knew what you were up to and you know all that great stuff. And then all of a sudden, they figured out, oh, you know, let's make it into an ad platform and let's start throttling it back. And you know, exactly like you mentioned, you know, people still expect to get it for free. But now, you know, as a marketer, we're having to learn how to play, you know, in that world of making sure that, you know, even though once upon a time we could get our message to everyone easy, how do we play with this new algorithm? And so, well, yeah, yeah what it, was, is, it was a challenge. Yeah, what is so interesting, you know, you, you, keep, you mentioned the algorithm. One of the things I'm very confident about is that somewhere in that algorithm, Super Talk Mississippi is, has been identified as sort of a, a conservative site. Of course, they they'll never reveal what's inside that kimono. You you know that it's a it's a, you know but 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 essentially you have twenty something euro people who have a liberal bent who are in Palo Alto and other places in California, and they're building into this algorithm, uh, essentially the the rules that AI and artificial intelligence uses to decide our newsfeed. And unfortunately, they've come to the realization that for a couple of different reasons. One, maybe it's because it's conservative, maybe because they realize that they can make more money if they require you to have to boost your show in order for it to be seen. And, uh, you know, it, it's a very monopolistic point of view, I have to say. And I do think eventually someone's going to understand the situation and come to grips with it because there, there's definitely, there is definitely censoring going on. There's definitely uh, too much control happening. And, uh, you know, it's just a different world. But what's interesting about what you guys did, though, is you began because you have an engineer's mind. Your dad's an engineer. You start to realize that, wait, wait a minute. Artificial intelligence, data, everything is going to be controlled by data. Everything's going to be controlled by views. You got to, and in order to make money in this new world, you got to have a lot of views. Um, the more you learned about that, the more you realized that there, you know, your knowledge is emerging to show you how to teach others, you know, advertisers and clients that you have in your multimedia business, how to do this. I mean, you've learned all this knowledge now. Why don't we leverage that to help others understand how they can how, how they can navigate these very complicated digital media, you know, streams or highways? That's true, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much exactly what we did because we knew that, you know, we had to do it for ourselves and we knew that we had the capability to do high quality video and you know, we had an understanding of social media and, you know, that whole side of the thing of things. And so, exactly, it grew from there. Um, we had, you know, some people who were advertisers on our show, and we went to them and we're like, hey, you know, here's the world's changing, and you know, we want to help you navigate that. And that's that's really how the Willem Group, as a marketing agency, grew. Wow. Um, just from that understanding. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. But again, entrepreneurship. It's about looking for opportunities and seeing, wow, the, the media situation has changed. How can we take advantage of this moment with our growing knowledge? What are what are our current competencies and how can we leverage those competencies? We're going to continue the conversation with Willie, uh, excuse me, Brittany Willem after this break. We'll see you after this. Now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews, brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. 
I love when out, when uh, young people emerge as entrepreneurs all along coastal Mississippi. And, you know, it's not unusual to see young people making their mark in their 20s. I mean, just that's just the way it is. Brittany, you're like 27. Is that right? Yeah. I, as my dad would say, I have to keep remembering it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're an old soul at 27. But, uh, but, you know, I've had the pleasure of talking to a lot of young people in their 20s who have, uh, you know, begun to understand what their purpose is going to be. And what, you know, the, the role of an entrepreneur, like we were saying at the, at the end of that last segment, is sort of being willing to make changes, to see what the current situation is, where are the opportunities, where are the challenges, how can we adjust toward the opportunities and take advantage of whatever our growing competencies are. And, you know, you know developing a full-service ad agency is just sort of part of that. But let's go back for just a second. Find Your Outdoors. It sort of evolved, actually. So what is it today? So originally, as you know, as I mentioned, it was more so just local programming. And as the model changed and as we got, you know, more proficient in what we were doing and, you know, continue just growing our capabilities in the video area, we actually grew it to be nationwide. Uh, we've been on all kinds of channels. We've been on Carbon. We've been on um, Pursuit. We've been on, wow, just all kinds of action channel. Um, that's currently where our show still is, the action channel, which airs in a lot of different markets. Um, I want to say that the latest numbers are it airs in something like 30 million households every week. And so we have just, you know, we love the outdoors and we love sharing our stories and we love following stories of other people. And so that's kind of what the show grew into is, you know, you can follow us every week, but we want to celebrate you. And so that's why it became Find Your Outdoors so that we can celebrate just like you do on Coast View with celebrating other folks, we wanted to do the same and show kind of their journeys and stories. I have a, a deep love for the outdoors. You know that, you know, I'm sitting here in my hunting and fishing room at where my studio is located at my house. And, you know, I'm looking around and there's all these mementos of the outdoors. That's just sort of normal for someone who enjoys it. But I spend time in the Mississippi Delta. I spend time, uh, you know, obviously fishing the backwaters and offshore of coastal Mississippi. We're really, I know you've been all over the place hunting and fishing, literally all over the world. But, man, we're lucky to live in Mississippi, aren't we? Oh, man, there's just, there's so many different aspects. I mean, you could be you know, blue water fishing in just a couple hours, you can be inshore. I mean, you can be in some of the best hunting um, in the state within a very short amount of time. It's just, it's incredible, honestly. It is special, special, special. I love it here. We're, you know, sort of like ground zero for some of the best. If you bring it all together, some of the best outdoors enjoyment in the world right here in uh, in Mississippi. So, okay. So then you started, I, I love this thought though, because you, you were taught at a young age to give back to the community. So you've been involved in different efforts, but the one that really hit me was uh, serving on the board for kids uh, outdoors in Mississippi. That's a really important organization, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's headed by Rick and Carol Clark. They're actually out of Alabama, um, just outside of Birmingham. And uh, we had an opportunity to get involved with them back in 2016. And uh, thanks to Dr. Don Gaddy, he was having a boy come in um, to do a hunt on his property. And uh, because of the TV show, you know, he invited us to come out and do a story. And that's where we were introduced to Rick and Carol and 
the organization Kids Outdoors and, of course, Christian, who is the young boy who is there hunting. And good Lord, hearing all the stories and just all the good that they do, you know, we knew at that moment that and as we were leaving, you know, I, I looked at my dad and I said, you know, I don't know what it's going to look like, but we have to get involved with this organization and do something because this is just right up our alley. Mm, it, it really is. is this the, the, the organization is focused on kids with, with special needs and disabilities and, and illnesses. And it, what it does is, is it sort of gives them an opportunity to do sort of a dream hunt or dream fishing trips. And, uh, you know, my goodness, what, what, what a touching what a touching program. I mean, you, you haven't had a situation that you've been involved with that didn't inspire you in some way, have you? Oh, no. I mean, ever since we started the, the chapter here in Mississippi, um, it's called the Mississippi Gulf Coast Kids Outdoors chapter. Um, ever since we started that, we've met some of the most incredible people. I mean, for instance, we had the opportunity to take a boy named uh, Cody with leukemia out on a dream offshore fishing trip, and it was just Hearing the stories of, you know, what he's been through and what his family as a whole has been through, it's just, it's amazing. And then, you know, I went out to Wyoming on an antelope trip and heard about a girl who is one of only like seven in the world with this disease. And it's just, it, it's crazy. I mean, it, but at the same time, it makes you just feel so excited and so proud that you get to be involved with, you know, getting them outside of a situation that, you know, they partake in every day and just yeah. let them have some want to be kids so okay so then you keep evolving the story so i had the opportunity we're friends on facebook i know your dad really well and uh prior to the mississippi wildlife federation's wildlife extravaganza i saw a post that you put up there about a modular hunting camp essentially and we'll, we'll talk specifically about that but it, I, I dove a little deeper and began began to realize that you and your father had formed a new company called Blocks Building, and you're now the CEO of that company. Uh, it's very unique because, some, listen, coming from where I come from, having been members or started numerous little hunting clubs, and right now has sort of a family hunting club, but I've had to have these, you know, uh, you know, travel trailers and different things along the way. I thought that the unique approach that you guys were taking was really innovative. I mean, there's a lot of modular housing out there, but you guys said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make our sort of sweet spot, creating these modular buildings that can be sort of permanently placed somewhere or then moved if you need to have it moved later. Mm -hmm. That was fit the need of someone who's wanting to enjoy the outdoors. Uh, tell me more about this company. Yeah, so, wow, we're, we're really excited about Blocks. Um, it kind of is a culmination of all kinds of things that we've been doing for the last five years. And uh, it really takes, you know, our love for the outdoors and, you know, this idea that we've kind of been playing around with it for a while. Um, you know, we had first kind of seen folks getting into the space a while back. And um, with the way that things are going with, you know, lumber costs and you know, just everything that's going on with current economics and current events, we were like, you know, let's let's just hop in it. I mean, we've been really excited to, you know, kind of figure it out. And so we went headfirst into acquiring um, a bunch of shipping containers and built a really great team um, that's fabricating them right here in Past Christian, Mississippi. And uh, yeah, so we finished out what we call our summit series, which is our top of the line hunting lodge and took it up to, as you mentioned, the wildlife extravaganza. And 
I mean, the response was just incredible. Um, folks were so excited. You know, they would see it from the outside and they'd walk inside and person after person after person was, wow, you know, this looks like a home. This looks like, you know, we never imagined that this is what it would look like. And, you know, that's that's what we want. We're in it for, you know, the wow moment and to, you know, bring something different into the market. Very, very cool. Very. So I was curious when you first started, did it start out with the shipping container? Or did you have some other thought about it? And how did you end up with the shipping container? So, no, it, it started out as shipping containers. Um, as you know, in Australia, for instance, you know, they're really popular. They, they take them and do all kinds of things. And, um, you know, it's still kind of a newer market here in the States. Um, they're doing some out, actually, you may know, um, the Gulf, for instance, the restaurant in Orange Beach, you know, yes. that's made entirely very familiar. Very yeah, familiar. that's made entirely out of shipping containers. Um, you know, some folks have started doing it like out on the West Coast, like in California. Um, there's now a big Airbnb movement in Utah for them. Um, so, you know, it, it's kind of like the states have kind of been playing around the idea for a while. And now, you know, it's starting to kind of take hold because at first people are like, you know, that's that's weird and it's a new idea. And um, but now, you know, it's starting to become more adopted and we're, we're excited about the opportunity and we we see a big future for it. Hey, so let's let's do this. Uh, of course, this is radio, but, um, you know, with a podcast element to it. But for, for the radio audience, describe what's it's, you know, what makes this different. Describe what someone would see when they walk up. At, um, at one of these containers that have been converted. Okay, um, so uh, let's just take our summit super our summit series for example. Um, the outside is a traditional shipping container, um, but what we actually did was on the side we took two container doors as barn doors and made it so that they could be secured. And as you're walking up, you know, we've put a custom paint job on it. We've done, we've gone through a seven step process to, you know, blast it, get the rust, any rust off, um, seal it, waterproof it, um, you know, put a heavy duty paint on it. And then as you walk in, it's, it's essentially like a home away from home. Um, on our summit series, we made it so that you have like a mudroom area where it even has an outdoor TV. If you want to convert that to sort of like an outdoor entertaining porch. Um, and then as you're walking in, you've got, you know, the nice um, vinyl flooring and it's got crown molding. It has a real stacked stone backsplash in it. It has a full bathroom. You don't have to necessarily rough it if you want to still, you know, essentially have home away from home. But some people don't want that. They just want a place to crash um, in the AC. And so you've got a full AC. You've got, you know, regular windows, sliding doors. I mean, it's it's literally um, a tiny home, as you might be familiar with. Yeah, yeah. In fact, in fact I was uh, running through the TV last night and ran across a tiny home that someone was was in the you know the show, and it was a rapper in Atlanta that was having the house while his main house was getting, you know, uh, renovated. They built an exact replica of it behind it, and just it's fascinating actually what they can do. The way that they you can take a very small space and make it really adequate for living by doing just unique, innovative things to take advantage of the space that you have in front of you. So it's really cool stuff. Hey, listen, when we come back, uh, we'll, fin we'll uh, finish out the final segment with uh, Brittany w Willem and just talk about some of the things, you know, what, yeah, 27 years old, what has she learned about entrepreneurship and what drives her every day to do the best she can be? I'll, I'll, uh, 
Well, I'll explore that just a bit when we come back. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Cosio. I'm having a conversation with uh, entrepreneur Brittany Willem. Brittany is so interesting because, of course, I know your dad, and he's been all over the world. He's kind of an adventurer. And um, so it doesn't surprise me that you broke world records fishing, that you are a black belt in taekwondo, and that you, as a kid, you were actually drag racing, which is amazing to me. And then more recently with your fiance, Stephen, have gotten sort of back into it again. But I mean, just to give people a sense of what we're talking about here, you're talking about doing the quarter mile in eight seconds up to 160 miles an hour. Um, you know, what it, you just like adventure too, like your dad? Absolutely. I mean, I am an adrenaline junkie. I, good Lord, I, I want to do everything at least once, it seems. <laughs> And so the fact that I got back into drag racing is a testament to just how much I love it. Yeah, that's so it's so interesting. But you know what? There's a lot. There's a lot to compare actually about the speed of drag racing, and the speed by which being an entrepreneur, if you're really serious about it, the speed by which things can change and opportunity can reveal itself. You know, Fofo Gillich said on the show once, he said, an opportunity is like water. You don't hold it very long. That's a great way to say it. You know, as entrepreneurs, you really do know that. Um, so what are, at 27 years old, you probably already have lessons learned, but what are some of the things that drive you? Yes, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, when you have an opportunity, you got to really seize on it. And that's one reason that, you know, we decided now is the time for blocks, for instance. Um, while, you know, things are going the way it is and that we really want to bring um, affordable housing and, you know, housing that can withstand storms more easily. Um, so we took that opportunity and, and we ran with it. But, you know, in addition to that, you know, I've really learned that you have to be flexible. Um, you know, you, you have to be willing that if an opportunity does arise, you have to be willing to go after it. And you can't spend a lot of time second guessing yourself. And so, as my dad says, you know, essentially the quote from General Patton about, you know, needing to move quickly because, you know, you can always execute a perfect plan later, but, you know, you really need to seize the opportunity now while you have it. Um, and so, you know, being flexible, being willing to move quickly. Um, those are really big aspects and, you know, really drawing on everything that you've learned up until this point. You know, another thing is, you know, he mentions that I've essentially spent the last five years kind of going through a version of grad school. Um, and now, you know, with Blocks being the CEO of it and, you know, trying to drive that company myself, you know, now's the time to really take all those things that I've learned, you know, from the marketing agency, from, you know, just all the different things that we've done and just apply it and, and run with it, essentially. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting coming back to the first lesson it, later in my career with the digital media thing happening so fast. 
you know, you've heard the, the old phrase that says uh, paralysis through analysis, that too often yeah. we overthink things and spend too much time. And by the time we come to a conclusion, maybe we need to act. Someone already has. Or this this notion of, you know, ready, fire, aim, that, you know, it's, it's better sometimes to just get 80 percent right. We'll, we'll deal with the 20 percent that we don't get right later. But too often people are just focused too much. And that, that focus gets them paralyzed and they're not able to act. And so what you're saying to your dad, just like drag racing, sometimes you gotta, you, you got to put speed to market first and say, you know, we got most of this right. We'll, w once we get launched, we'll, we'll work our way through it. You know, there's a lot, some of this is going to be learning on the job. But, you know, the best entrepreneurs do that. And by the way, I heard someone say this the other day. I thought this was great, actually. said, you know, they said, uh, don't, okay, I know you don't know what the next step is, but don't let anyone know that you know that you think that. Because yeah. if you let anyone know that you think that, then everyone's going to abandon you. Just keep the freaking po poker face and be positive. We're going to figure it out. I love that that thought about that. By the way, someone who said that to Steven Spielberg during the movie Jaws because he was writing the movie Jaws while they were doing the darn movie. It was amazing, actually. And the guy, you know, the, the producer said, I know, I know you don't know what the next step's going to be, but don't let anyone know that because it will make, it will make the crew and the cast super nervous. But you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you sort of yeah. got to fake it till you make it, don't you? Yeah. I mean, you know, you just you have to be confident. You have to be confident in, you know, where you're going and what you've learned. And, you know, as as we say all the time, you know, you have to be willing to run as fast as you possibly can because you have a short window, you know, before your competitors figure out what you're doing. And so if you can run faster than they can and make the gap wider that they have to catch up to you, then, you know, you're you're doing your job as an entrepreneur. I love it. I love it. You know, I, I often also said that um, you better burn the midnight oil because somebody else is. And, you know, that was just a, someone said so, uh, it was Bobby Nichols, actually, in my early days at Mississippi Power Company said, you got to burn the midnight oil, which means, you know, it's not an eight to five deal. You got if you really want to be successful, you got to pour your heart and soul in it, which is what you're doing. Hey, final word, uh, Brittany, as we sort of get ready to sign off. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been great getting to talk with you. And, you know, like you mentioned, even though I'm only 27, I mean, I've had, you know, a kind of a baptism by fire getting to really, you know, jump headfirst into this business world. And, you know, the one thing I would definitely say to anyone who's ever considered doing it is take the leap. I mean, I know it's scary. I mean, my dad's told me over and over about, you know, they quit their jobs with, you know, really no prospects. And, you know, they knew that they had a finite amount of resources. So just, you know, be willing to take the leap of faith and run as fast as you can and just, you know, make, if you have a passion for it, you're going to be successful. And I can't agree here. more. I cannot agree more, Brittany. Hey, listen, thanks. It's been a pleasure to, to spend some time with you. Good luck. Hey, we'll, we'll come back in a few months and see how Blocks is going. Have a great day. We'll Absolutely. Sounds great. You bet. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.